Hi, it's John from CEO Raider. Let's talk about Uber because we have to talk about Uber at least once a week. Uber founder, former CEO Travis Kalanick today appointed two board members. He had the right to appoint these board members. Ursula Burns. Ursula is the former CEO of Xerox. And John Thane, who is the former CEO of Merrill Lynch and CIT Group, former CEO of the New York Stock Exchange. And I'll talk about them in a minute. So this is a power play between Travis Kalanick and the board, Benchmark Capital in particular. And Benchmark is trying to reduce Kalanick voting power. And, you know, what's that issue, just looking from the outside, is you have a, a founder who was ousted because you had a, a toxic culture, right? Remember, you had sexual harassment lawsuits and some other stuff pushed back on drivers. You know, the driver back and forth, I'm not sure that you're not going to have that regardless of who the CEO is. But the other stuff, particularly the sexual harassment stuff, is a big no-no obviously. Not that he was accused of it, but you had it sort of, you know, multiple cases across the company. So he gets pushed out and he then has a highly publicized beef with the board of direct benchmark cap. You know, they're suing each other. Klonick's still on the board and has an outside stake. With the Wall Street Journal, the way that they report it is that those board members that became members in the early days have a greater voting stake versus those board members that came on later in Uber's life cycle, as opposed to your voting stake being a function of the size of your equity holding, which would be sort of the, the fair way to do it in my view. So apparently Kalanick appointed Burns and Thane without the board's knowledge. Yeah, you know, this supposedly was, a, at least not supposedly, but this was a surprise to, to Uber. They put a statement out as such. And new Uber CEO, Dara Khosrowshahi, surprise to him. So I don't know Dara. I don't know Travis. But this is what happens when you take a high-profile job at a company that has a lot of hair on it. So Uber made Dara whole in terms of the stock options he left behind at Expedia. And I'm not sure exactly what else they paid him. I haven't read the filing yet to the extent there's been any filing that's gone public. You know, Uber's not a public company. So I don't think the details have yet come out around his full compensation and the terms investing and so on and so forth. But I'm sure they threw in something extra, right? Obviously over and above what his Expedia options were worth. And it's a high profile opportunity in terms of if you fix this, you can pretty much have any job you want. But you're going into a situation where you have a, a beef on the board and the board has the, the beef with the former CEO, the, the guy you're replacing, who's still on the board and has an outsized voting stake. So now you're at odds with him, Dara and, and Travis. So I wonder how long that's going to last. I wonder how long Dara stays on. I wonder what his guaranteed package was if he ends up walking. So this thing's going to come to a head. And from my perspective, the best situation would be for, for the company to be sold. But the prospective buyers, I guess, would have to be competitors. Lyft, DD. Google doesn't need Uber to be successful in the space. If they want to play in ride sharing in a big way, same with Apple. Same with Microsoft, for that matter. They just, they just don't need it. SoftBank, who's, who wants to buy the stake, we talked about it in an earlier podcast. Mayoshi's son, he likes high-profile investments. Who knows? They get the deal done, maybe down the road he buys the entire company. I don't know. That's just speculation. But he tends to like high-profile deals. So let's talk about the new directors for a moment. Burns, you know, if you just look at the, the stock performance of Xerox, so she became CEO July of 09, left at the end of 16. Stock returned 54% over that time, 6% CAGR. If you look at the NASDAQ, just the index, not NASDAQ, the, the, the stock, but the, the tech index, the composite, it returned over the same period 194% and a 17% CAGR. So outperformed Xerox's stock performance, the index did by more than two and a half times. And this was one where I wrote a letter back in, was, I think it was 2012, to the board at Xerox advocating a strategy similar to the one they advocated for IBM, that they that they pursue an acquisition strategy, preferably within the info services space, given that those businesses would have been a good fit in terms of the, the, the business model, and that the info services companies would pull Xerox's margins up. So it would have been margin accretive, cash flow accretive, 
businesses. It would have given Xerox the currency to do more acquisitions, more product development investment. I think the stock peaked in 15-ish. It bounced around between 13 and the mid-20s and then just sort of petered out in that last year. Um, but Xerox, I think, was just a great missed opportunity. It's, it's more about the opportunity cost with, with, with that company. So I, I just don't think Burns is much of an operator. I certainly don't think she understands technology. I, I, I would bet my life she doesn't understand the technology at the core that drives Uber. So she's a professional full-time board member now, outside board member. That's what she does. Not, not sure what value she's going to add. And then Thane is even worse. Thane's a complete disaster. Not an operator. There are very few operators within the investment banking world. I, I can think of one, Jamie Dimon. Thane can't came out of Goldman, went to Merrill, was CEO at Merrill, drove it into the ground. In all fairness, this was during 09, and 09 was a tough period, particularly in the financial industry. Uh, the, the the downturn in 09 was largely one that was a, a financial, it was a credit crunch driven downturn. So Thane drove Merrill into Bank of America's arms, closed the deal. Uh, pardon my French, but Bank of America's due diligence was shitty, and they found losses post deal. And Ken Lewis, who's not much of a former CEO of Bank of America, who's not much of a uh, an operator either, fired Thane. Thane landed at CIT Group, and i just not a big fan of the investment banking CEOs in general. So anyway, I'm not a fan of Burns, and I'm certainly not a fan of John Thane. And those are the two board members that apparently were friendly to uh, Kalanick's point of view. They want the job. They want the capital, is how I view it. That's why they're falling in line behind Kalanick. And he's not nominating them because they're going to add value in an operational way, in a strategic way. That's a joke, if that's a story he spins. So on this side, I'm with Benchmark, and they need to bring this thing to a head. And if Dara leaves in the next year or as soon as he starts to vest something or work some deal out, but I wouldn't be surprised if his tenure is a short one. This company is a disaster. See everybody. Have a great weekend.